Welcome to New Teacher Center's COVID-19 Resource and Community Support Series. In today's episode, Kristen Wendell will share with us some learnings from instructional leaders across the country. Hello and welcome to Beyond Buildings Connecting Communities, where we engage school and district leaders in conversation around the hard work of means student and educator needs during these challenging times. I'm Kristen Wendell with the New Teacher Center, and today I'm speaking with Mariah Cohn, Vice President for School Leadership Development with Alliance College Ready Public Schools. I'm so glad to be speaking with you today, Mariah. Yeah, me too. Can we get started by you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your role with Alliance College Ready Public Schools? I've been serving uh, Alliance in the capacity of really both supporting and developing school leadership um, in 28 principles um, and 77 APs, uh, also building out a pipeline of leadership development um, that prepares people for their next professional roles. Can you speak a bit about what that pipeline looks like? We take and groom uh, teacher leaders. So we have programming for uh, all the way from teacher leaders to um, through aspiring principals and then into the principalship. And we have an equity focus in our development where we are building from teacher leaders uh like what the next layer of leader development um, per the role uh, with this equity focus so that um, as leaders become increasingly ready for the principalship, they have the tools and the practices, um, the values and the, the means in which to transmit and inspire other people. Sounds like a really thoughtful process for how you take internal teachers and teacher leaders and kind of prepare them for the next step. What did it look like to support your school leaders and those leaders in the pipelines as we transitioned due to the pandemic? Yeah, so I think it looks quite different dependent on the role because of what each role is carrying. So for our teacher leaders, they participated in a biweekly Zoom-focused professional development session that really took, we had to pivot a lot of the programming so that it really met uh, leaders where they were inside this pandemic. And so teachers are at the front lines. They are the ones that are the most proximal to understanding what's going on in their students' lives. And so many of them felt very empowered to try to actually lift up what was going on in their classroom communities um, and lift that up to the to other leaders that may not have that level of proximal um, scope and so several of our our teacher leaders wrote articles. Some were p- published uh, um, in EdSource, um, really around how do you how do you blend the compassion that is needed um, while still holding kind of like as much as you can a rigorous academic learning. In terms of our aspiring principals, I think like oof, man, you know, so um, they're grappling with the scope of transitioning all of their leadership work onto an online platform. So what does it look like to support teachers in this environment? And then when uh, George Floyd was murdered, the, uh, the band of conversation began to really shift around how do we become more intentionally anti-racist? And so they lifted up a book uh, that they're going to be reading over the summer and really trying to figure out where we see uh, inequalities living in our system and in our outcomes, how do we track that back and think systemically about what we're doing as leaders and within school systems that needs to be dismantled if, to create better outcomes um, that are right for all of our students? For our principals, I think that the weight of what they are experiencing is unparalleled. 
we're hearing reports that they're spending between 10 and 12 hours in the principal work at home with their kids. A lot of our, our uh, principals have young families and they are grappling with a huge uptick in the amount of operations they're trying to manage and figure out. Um, and that ranges from how do you all of a sudden figure out that parent square is not an effective means to get to your parents, right? How do you do your, uh, you know, your, your uh, coffee with the teacher um, when you have like technical gaps or technological gaps? And then you layer on top of that how to become more anti-racist and uh, what does that look like from a leadership lens? So something you just elevated was one way the aspiring principles are moving forward is using each other and relying on one another. And we know that when leaders learn with and on behalf of and through one another, they become stronger. What's a strategy you've seen either the principals employ with each other or have you used to kind of support that work together and that collaboration? I would say there's been a lot of, uh, I've watched a lot of organic networking that has happened that I think is really healthy and productive. Principals have been um, very active on like the DL principal email list, right? So here are all the resources. Here's what I'm doing. Here's the letter I wrote when we lost our first family member to COVID. I think there's also been like a sense-making um, as a community in that way. Um, I'm watching there be an emergence of, hey, can, can who would like to get together to have a regular conversation about this uh, X, Y, or Z? Um, and I, there has been a, a push within the system to create these kinds of forums for trauma-informed everything, right? So we're not just going to have trauma-informed student needs. We're going to have staff needs um, and really like supporting leaders in their own trauma. And then we as a system are trying to, as much as possible, manage the sharing of those resources and to elevate like what are the key, like there are some policies that are legal. So how do we ensure that all leaders know like where the boundaries are and where they can um, sort of reinvent the way we do schooling in the fall? I don't know that that's enough, quite honestly. And the, the thing that we're grappling with is how to manage the scope of when you are asking, when leaders are asked to work 10 and 12 hour days to do this work, how do you squeeze in more time? Um, knowing that more time is actually less time if they're sharing resources. Um, and so I think that's the fine line that um, we as an organization have been really um, tested by and trying to figure out and getting lots of feedback in both directions that, you know, <laughs> everything changes every single week. And so that's been, it's been a very uh, real and challenging moving target. It's interesting to think about resource sharing. I think one thing I've noticed and we've heard from other leaders is just the influx of emails right? Like read this, read this, use this. Here's a web, a webinar, come join our this. I mean, it's just, there's so many things. How have you helped or how have your leaders helped each other set up a little bit of a filter to feel that they can move forward and not have to read every single thing or watch everything that comes their direction? Yeah. I mean, organizationally, and we did this both for distance learning and we're doing it for reopening. And I believe we're doing it for trauma as well. Um, we have teams in the that part that are partnering between the cent the home office, which is our central office, um, and school personnel um, to grapple with, like to get ahead. So when we did distance learning, we dismissed all, all of our students for two weeks. During that period of time, um, we got all of the resources together. We then um, 
shared all of that with the principals. Principals were certainly open to amend and to augment those resources, but this gave them kind of the first hand hold of tools. A similar process is happening with reopening, and we did get quite a bit of feedback from leaders that they appreciated having that, like the scope of guidance that came out. Um, and that there was a lot of like, you know, our first version, we thought like, let's do synchronous learning. And then very quickly, we're like, no, actually, that doesn't work. So, uh, <laughs> so that's, you know, like being nimble. Um, I would say being nimble and having faith are the two most mm-hmm. important, I don't know, watchwords of the time. You spoke about some of the focused anti-racist leadership work being done with your aspiring principles and, and mentioned it with principles. And I'm curious if you can give an example of something and that has been done with teachers or with students that was a response to what's been going on with the police brutality and the most recent murders and, and what that looks like with teachers and students. It's been, I think every one of our schools has approached it differently. I would say like one of our schools, um, Leskin Academy did something that i uh, that, that, sounded like it really did meet a need. They held an open forum that was for students and they had a very uh, narrow set of, or a slim set of questions. And they opened up this uh, conversation for their black students in particular about what they have experienced in their schooling that has worked and that has not worked. And so things came up like, you know, we don't, read culturally relevant literature. And when we do, it's about black suffering. It's not about black lives being something inspirational. And so like, where are those books? One of the teachers wrote a very powerful piece from the teacher leader community about um, some of the ways in which we are encouraged to like start our curriculum on day one, right? So like start rigorous. Um, That's something that's like very important in our system. And she's like, well, here's what I lost when I started rigorous. I didn't start with relationships. Three months in, I'm realizing that if I wanted to get to this level of discourse, I actually had to have relationships first. And so like recognizing that the sometimes the press in the system to be a certain way um, can actually get us an outcome that's not what we want. It's always amazing to me how if you just ask students, they will tell you exactly what they're feeling what they know. And we just have to remember to make that space. And I think too, leaders with teachers, teachers will tell us when we make the space that they need to say, hey, I lost relationships. So thinking about the fall, how do you foresee the role of school leaders shifting? I think there is like a huge press to do the logistics of the system, right? So do you have all your hand washing stations? Do you have temperature checks? How do you set up um, your desks six feet apart? I think that what people potentially are missing is what is the scope of trauma that's awaiting us uh, when we take 50% of our families and say that those may have become homeless or uh, coupled into crowded living circumstances, the impact of social distancing over long periods of time. Um, How are we thinking about our blended learning and what kind of means you have to academically catch people up while you support traumatized youth? Um, How are you training teachers to recognize trauma and not see it as disrespect and Mm -hmm. to address that in a loving, compassionate way, knowing that that might slow down learning? The leader is carrying all of it. 
Um, and they, uh, they themselves may be carrying their own scope of trauma. I think using the means that we have discovered, like we are finding that real-time coaching is possible in this environment. A staff meeting's happening on Zoom and an AP is leading that meeting and the principal's G-chatting behind the scenes, like now, lean in now. <laughs> Yeah. This is the oh, I love it. The thing, you know, when there are like a necessity to have your 10 minute check in in the morning, which then keeps your principals and APs, your leadership team tighter together. Um, when there is like a, a real like, oh, actually, I see that you have little kids in the background. So let me ask you how your family is mm -hmm. doing. Yes. And that so like there's just a like there is already some natural human connection that I think wasn't. Um, as clear how to do before. I think a lot of compassion and a lot of listening um, and being nimble and having faith, I think is going to continue to be the watchwords. As a leader, I feel like I would often hit the technical first. It's like, oh, you know, the I need to, I need to go clean up the hallway. There's a spill. My custodial team is busy. I can do that. And that's because it's it's just something that you feel like you can check off and this human need and the differentiation need we're going to see is not a box to check. Leaders are not going to be able to say, done. It's going to be a constantly learning and reflecting piece. Um, what have you found you've been able to do as a support person for school leaders when it comes to helping them keep their gas tank full? How have you provided some supports to them? We had a retreat planned um, that was almost entirely focused on reopening. And then George Floyd and that all the Black Lives Matter uh, work came and leaders needed to talk about that. So revising the retreat so that it was adapted to meet the needs that was coming out in the field, even though that meant that we were replanning the retreat in the week before. Our leaders are telling us like, voice, like we have voice. What are you doing? Don't do stuff, like don't plan a bunch of stuff without like, cons we are on the, like we are there. <laughs> I can tell you yeah. what's going to work, what's <laughs> not going to work. Please don't get ahead of yourselves. In terms of my own supports and the supports that I recommend for my team um, in this time is to ensure that we ourselves are getting short up um, mm -hmm. because we at some level must carry that of others. That's speaking to me a lot in terms of just what we're all doing. And then I think about the role of the school leader and it's just even exponentially greater than that. Is there anything that's, we feel like this is the one thing that's really keeping me up at night. When I'm thinking about school leaders and their needs, this is the thing I haven't, haven't been able to quite wrestle with. What would that be? I think the thing that most keeps me up at night is hurt people hurt people. Mm. When you are carrying the hurts of your community, and those hurts are like unbounded. And so some of the more painful experiences that I've had or I've, I've seen is that um, communities of people turning upon each other. It is the opposite of an antidote to the problem. How to help people to stay connected, to stay networked, mm -hmm. to stay human with each other. And it makes me think about the compassion we have to hold for ourselves. Yeah. And a lot of times educators and school leaders are people who do not always hold the most compassion for ourselves. Can you share something that's kept you going, something inspirational? Yeah. I have my own support community that I go to and I like I looked around. First I did yoga and then I was like, okay, I'm still spinning out. Like, so let me try something else. I tried something else. I found something with like that would fill fill my heart. I do that every day at six o'clock so that 
I can then handle all my toughest emails right afterwards. I have a poster of Gandhi um, and Emil King is another huge um, inspiration for me. And so sometimes when I think like, it's not within my power to change a system, right? Mm -hmm. Like who is little old me? Um, I have this poster of Gandhi who looks down at me and I'm like, oh, okay. You know what? Like check yourself. There is actually far more that can be done by a single person than is imaginable. And is there anything you were hoping to share that I didn't ask about? Having my own, you know, in my own personal journeys as a human being, I think um, I often found that pain has purpose. And we are in a space of pain today um, that has real tremendous purpose to transform the systems that were broken to expose the fissures in the system that were hurting people. Um, and so now is the time to, and we are forced. The hand is forced. <laughs> Some people say like, I wish 2020 was over or that it never happened. Um, and I don't know that I wish that. I just hope that we have the stamina to learn everything we can from it and to change. May it be so. Thank you so much, Mariah. Thank you for sharing your journey and the supports you've been providing and just really being open with us. I know that our listeners really benefit from that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Here at New Teacher Center, we work to disrupt the predictability of educational inequities for systemically underserved students by accelerating educator effectiveness. We're here to support you through this challenging and unprecedented season please visit www.newteachercenter.org slash COVID-19 for additional resources, communities of practice, and webinars to support you through this season. Be well.